Greetings, everyone, and welcome to episode 101, 101 of Teaching Tales, the podcast totally devoted to sharing stories from the world of education. As before, in the previous 100 episodes, I'm still your host, Brent Coley, an elementary principal in beautiful and currently hot. It's like 92 degrees in February in Southern California. And again, for everyone listening on the East Coast and the Midwest or yelling at your, your your device right now because of, yes, anyway. But thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode 101, and we are back with my dad. Dad, how are you? I'm good. Yes. I'm good. Part two, uh, if you haven't already listened to episode 100, uh, I had my dad back. Dad was, uh, Don Coley, was an episode six, I think it was, so it's taken... A long time, but we had him back, episode 100, and we started the conversation. My dad is recently retired, and I asked him to share um, things that he's learned over... Things I wish I knew when I started. Eight things that I wish I knew when I started, and in episode 100, we got about four of them, which is really, it seemed like 14 packed into four things, so we ran out of time. So we're back to finish the conversation with four more uh, leadership lessons, things that uh, Don Coley has learned uh, over the years, things he wished he knew when he started. So let's jump right back in. Dad, What um, what's another piece of advice that you would share, something you wish you knew when you started? Well, uh, last time we talked a lot about doing, a, a lot of the things that, that, uh, that leaders do. Um, and today I think we should start with... Uh, with something that leaders need to learn, and that's when is it time not to do? Mm. When is it time to shut it down? When is it time to recharge? When is it time to um, to care for yourself? Because uh, you know we'll probably talk later on about what leaders do is not easy, uh, and and the the pressures and the the. Uh, the turmoil that sometimes goes on. There's smooth sailing sometimes, mm-hmm. but there's rough seas sometimes. And so one of the things that I learned is uh, shut it down. You have to learn when and how to shut it down. Yes. we. I remember when I moved into the principalship, I remember tweeting out or putting on Facebook like, Anyone who's in this position, if you found the off button, could you let me know where it is? <laughs> because I was laying in bed, the, the idea, everything that's going on at work was churning through my head, and one of my friends who were in a similar position, like, yeah, it, it's it's not there. Like, there there is no off button. But I think you make a very valid point. There may not be the proverbial off button. Yes, the thoughts may be there. But we can be intentional about, you were saying before we started recording, unplugging. Unplugging, yeah. Uh, and one of the examples that we said is you, you turn your TV off, mm-hmm. but it's still on. There's still power running in there. If you point your remote at it, it's going to come alive. Yep. And leaders, most of the time, that's the existence that they know. Uh, they may not be at work. They may not be in, in, involved in, in one of their projects. But in the back of the mind, there's always that, that current that's running through uh, because they're always just a phone call or a text or an email away from having to come back alive. And so 
when, when, uh, when I'm talking about shutting it down, uh, shut it down, but then there's, you have to go beyond that. You have to mm -hmm. unplug. You have to get away from your devices. You have, to, you have to have a time to take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself, your skills are going to deteriorate over time. You you can't fill from an empty vessel. I've heard and and I think I know in my position as a as a as a building leader we talk so much about for my staff, my teachers, my support staff. Guys, you got to take care of yourself. Have a great weekend. Don't do get away from it all. And I heard uh, Joe Sanfilippo and Jimmy Costas were doing something this past week on their one of their podcasts saying like if I'm sending them emails though over the weekend, I'm not helping them. I'm because so many people we they will check their email and if I'm sending some, well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna send this really quickly. So I've I'm trying like don't do that. I may put it in my drafts folder, send it on Monday, but if I send it, they may see it and now their mind's gonna start working again. And I think for me, one of the biggest things is um, and I I've I've had this, I don't remember which episode, but I've talked about this in a previous episode. Turn notifications off. I I have I have email on my phone, but I do not have notifications turned on. Do I check my email frequently? Yes, I do. Uh, but I check it on my time because I have learned and I wrote a blog post about this that doggone it, that little red number that exists in the upper right-hand corner of the email icon is that is an evil evil invention because when you see it it can be so controlling oh there's a number there something is vying for my attention and i have found when you see the number at 9 30 at night 10 30 at night how about 3 15 in the morning there's nothing i'm going to be able to do to solve a problem at that time it it'll keep mm -hmm. until the morning and, and as i've told my staff if it's a true emergency they will get in touch with you yeah there you they go. will get in Call touch me. with you Call if me. it's an emergency yeah. So, so you have to have a place, and, and, and Brent, you know that your mom's and I, our place is really a state of mind, and the state of mind has a label on it, Kauai, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, because I believe that Hawaii is not so much a, a geographic place as an as a emotional place. Mm -hmm. um, my, my Apple Watch doesn't go with me on the plane. It stays here. Yeah. I don't do certain things. In fact, uh, I had one of one of my cabinet uh, that was going to go um, on a on a vacation, going to go to Hawaii, and there was there were some things that still needed to be done, uh, and indicated to me that that laptop would go. He'd have that. I said no, 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 you because that's that's no longer a vacation. It's not a vacation. Yeah. Um, and and one of the things that I learned early in my career is that a vacation is there for the benefit for the benefit of the person but the benefit of the organization as well because if the person does not rest the organization is going to suffer so you have to find a place maybe it's a staycation maybe it's palm desert maybe it's going to the beach and just watching the waves come in but you've got to go a place go to a place where you can unplug and when then when you unplug do something to recharge. Yeah. Do something that is something that you want to do. Yeah. Uh, feed your own emotional well-being. And then when you have all of that ready, then, then re-engage, 
but you're going to re-engage from It'd a position better. of strength and not from a position of burnout. Yeah. It's not just I've learned it's not just okay to unplug. It's not just okay to it's required. It, it's, it's it's absolutely the, essential that you unplug because um, you know the last time we got together we said if if that if somebody on your team is not performing well they're uh, you know people know you're not performing yeah. well you don't want them looking at you saying they're not that you're the break. one who's burned out yeah. you know get away and uh, do yourself a favor do your family a favor pay cl- because if you if you neglect if you neglect your family, if you if you neglect your emotional well-being, you're not going to be in your sweet spot at work at because work. now you're going to introduce pressures there that need not be there. So yeah. number one for today is uh, perfect the art of not doing. Yeah, I love it. You know, we 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 do a lot. We we're we're called to do a lot, and we have to do a lot. That's what. That's that's what leaders that's do. That's what leaders do. But they have to know when to step back and when to just unplug and recharge. Turn the notifications off and if necessary for a period of time, delete the app. So it's not that like you're physically unplugging the television. So if you point the remote at it, it's not going to turn on. That is not just okay. It is essential. So when I when I would leave, I I would let people know if if you need me, you call you know, my assistant. Yeah. And and she can screen. I, I trust her. She yeah. can screen. And if it's essential, she can get a hold, get of, me. A hold of me. But if it's not her, if it's not gone through her, mm-hmm. it's it, it doesn't pass that unplugged test. Yeah. There we go. Oh. All right. Number two, or in this case, number six. Number number six. <laughs> <laughs> two now for today. Yeah, you're okay. Number number two. Um I, I think we were talking about culture. Yes, um, and and we talked uh, the last time about integrity, and, and integrity is everything. Integrity in a leader is everything because if the leader does not have integrity, they do not have trust. Uh, their team is not going to trust them because there's some disconnect between who they represent themselves yep. to be. So uh, the, this one is is in a in a more global sense, culture is critical absolutely critical and there's a culture in every organization in every group and a leader a leader if you will has the responsibility of being the thermostat to set the emotional temperature for that culture Mm -hmm. Um, and you've gone through it i've gone through it it is not an easy task no. to walk into a culture that maybe is toxic. And, and you know, you said last time people are nodding their heads. Everybody's been in a culture that's toxic. That's not quite, the, the bubble's not in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you go into a situation like that, you have to have patience because it's going to take a long time of consistent integrity, dealing fairly with everyone, putting the expectations out there equally, communicating, over-communicating. Here's who we're going to be. Yeah. Uh, and, and when that happens, and this is, 
This is not a change in a week, change in a month, change in a year. It's it's a multi-year process. It is a multi-year process. And and one of the reasons why it's a multi-year is because if you're going into a culture that you really believe needs to be changed, if if your product is excellence, mm-hmm. if you want to have an excellent culture and you're coming into a into a situation that has not had that in the past, there're going to be people inside that organization who can who've learned to accept a culture of that's good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to do excellent cuz this is good enough. And those people uh, can themselves be leaders of a counterculture yeah. uh, who, will, who will resist the changes that you're trying to move towards, to move towards excellence. And uh, sometimes it takes multiple years for them to realize they're no longer at the center of the organization, but they're on the perimeter of the organization because they haven't changed, but the organization has. Uh, and at that point, they they will wake up and get the sense, hopefully, get the sense that they no longer had the power in the organization that they once had, and maybe they will decide to go elsewhere so that you can continue to build the culture that you know your organization needs to have. Yeah. And again, I love that I love the part it's a it it takes time. Because coming into an organization, even if it's got an amazing culture and, and things are, are going smoothly, I mean, it, it takes time to build trust. Mm-hmm. And as the leader, many people just by the, the, the title on your business card, the supervisory role or anything like that, are, is he out to get me? Is she out to get me? It, one of the greatest pieces of advice that I heard in, in my administrative credential program was, you're there to coach, not to catch. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, I mean, administrators, that's the kind of mindset that they have. And again, same thing from a teacher. If you're a classroom teacher listening to this, you're not there to catch, you're there to coach. But that just, again, you, we, the memes and the, the, the age-old jokes of the us versus them and admins on the dark side and stuff like that, that, that but it doesn't have to be like that. But recognizing that, that may take time to undo. Maybe, maybe people have been burned in the past, and previous supervisors, previous teachers, previous admin were catching them and didn't have the trust. So, if you're listening to this and you're and you're you're working on culture, number one, it is absolutely worth it. Yes, it may take years to get there, but it's worth it because. A successful organization, a successful classroom. I mean, if you're a classroom teacher, which most of you listening to this, probably you're in a classroom environment, you know that the culture of your classroom, it's it it's critical. It's it's everything. If you have a warm, safe, welcoming environment where kids feel feel safe to be themselves, that's everything. If they feel like you're you're gonna catch them all the time, it, it doesn't work. And, and over time, not on a daily basis, because everybody get, can have a bad day, yes. but, but you can measure the temperature yeah. of your culture by how do you feel when you go home? Mm. How, you know, are you, are, you, are you having a sense of accomplishment or 
Is it, is, it a, is it a battle fatigue syndrome? And the issue for a leader is there's going to be times when you have that battle fatigue because your culture is worth, worth fighting, fighting for. Yeah. And you talked about, about a good culture. You walk into a good culture. If that's the case, you've walked into a good culture, it's because there was a leader there who fought for it, who, who built up over time what I call political capital. Mm -hmm. They had, you said, trust. They earned that trust. Now, now there's that uncertainty, and anytime there's uncertainty, it takes a while to build that back up. Mm -hmm. And the building blocks of building that trust is honesty and integrity and doing what you say you're going to do and being genuine with your people. That, that's critical. And when that happens, uh, just, just like in technology, there's early adopters and yep. there's late adopters, okay? And, and there will be people who will, who, will, who will recognize more quickly than others that I want to be on this train. Yeah. I want to go where this one's going because I can see the fruit of this particular exercise. And there's others who it's a threat and they don't want to go there because it's going to require change for them. And so you you have to basically manage each person individually. You have to you have mm -hmm. to be able to affirm those who are coming along and you have to be able to to be honest and sincere in in your discussions with the others. Try to bring them along but fight for your culture because it's worth fighting for. Amen. And people won't want to leave. Because if you have it, we talked about that last time. If you've got that positive culture, mm -hmm. people want to stay on that bus. Yeah. They want to keep going. Yeah. Even even if it gets a little bumpy, they, they will want to stay with you. And it will get bumpy. Yeah. But you know, you know, I, uh, I don't know how many hundred thousands of miles I've flown. Uh, you know, I, I've had some turbulence. Yeah. But I know the person up front's been in the simulator a lot of time and got a lot of hours in the in the in the left seat or the right seat. I think it's the left seat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. And and I have confidence in them. And and your team is going to be looking to you to bring up confidence. My uh, one of the things that I've talked about most recently is you know, your product is confidence. No matter what else you produce, if 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 it doesn't produce confidence, it's it's just busy work. Yeah. Uh, and so everyone needs to have as an ultimate goal. Uh, I'm going to build this culture. I'm going to build it the right way. I'm going to bring the right kind of people around. We are going to strive for unity because when we are uni in unity, uh, there's really no stopping. No Amen. stopping us. We can go pretty much anywhere. I love it. All right, number three. Excellence, excellence, excellence. Um, well, let me see. Excellence is not an accident. You cannot fall out of bed and be excellent. Uh, you, mm -hmm. If you're going to be excellent, you need to be intentional. And, and uh, one of the things that I, that I said uh, years and years and years ago, I, I heard uh, Tiger Woods talk about the Masters Tournament and talk about uh, knowing that on a particular Sunday, the final day of the Masters, 
he was going to come to the 13th tee and need to make a shot around Ray's Creek to give himself a pos in, in the proper position. And he practiced that shot for months. Okay? One shot. One shot. I need to, I need to have this go-to shot because that's that's where that's where the birdies that's where the good scores start to happen. You got a couple of holes there. We've got to be intentional in what we're doing. That's that's practice. Um, you're a volleyball player. You know you 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 practiced. You 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 practiced the right things. And over, then, and over, oh, and and over and over and over. That's the repetitions. Yeah. You got to have repetitions in that. Um, when I was in a, a batting slump, uh, slump, I'd want to get more cuts. I want to get more more trips to the plate in batting practice. Mm -hmm. and, um, you just have to practice because practice, good practice, is what leads to excellence. Mm -hmm. And. When you achieve excellence and when you take other people to excellence, it's really an excellent feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, there, there's, there's nothing quite like it because, um, because you will take them to a place that there's a chance that they might never have gone to on their own. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what... Uh, you know, that's what military service does to people. You know, they, they, there's repetitions and there's, and there's exertion and there's efforts. And at the other end, there's an acknowledgement that I did it. Yeah. I jumped I did, out of the I plane. just did something I didn't think I would, yeah. I would be able to do. Yeah. And pursuing excellence is my school's motto. And it came out of a conversation that you and I had a, several years ago. But it's important to note and we say this a lot with my staff, we say it with our students, excellence, it's pursuing excellence, not pursuing perfection. Oh yeah. It, and it, because perfection is, is unattainable. I mean, you can do one thing perfect one time, but none of us are perfect, we will never be perfect. But if we're pursuing perfection, if we're pursuing excellence, and we're constantly getting better, I was telling the student just the other day, it's like, if I get 1% better, today compared to how I was yesterday. 1%. That's like nothing. 1%. After 100 days, I'm twice, I'm twice as good. I'm, I'm twice as better. That's nice grammatic. Compounded interest, you're actually more than and twice. Th th there we go. It's very good. But incrementally, if I can pursue perfection, excuse me, pursue ex excellence, don't confuse excellence with perfection. And students so often... We'll get frustrated with, I didn't do it perfectly. I didn't, I didn't get them all right. And we should learn from their response because we're not immune from the same response. Mm -hmm. Okay, when we don't achieve, if we're looking for perfection and we don't achieve perfection, we get down on ourselves. Yeah. We beat ourselves up. That's, that strips us of our motivation because it's like, I'll never get there. No, dust yourself off, yep. pick yourself up, and take a couple steps forward. Get yep. back on the horse. Yeah, because one step, even if it's a baby step, and, and we're recording this, and at the, at the 
on the tail end of a very challenging couple of years with mm-hmm. the pandemic and especially in education, it's not been easy. But as I've told my step, baby steps. As, as long as we're heading in the right direction, just and keep mm-hmm. moving. Don't stay stationary. Mm-hmm. Keep moving. That's, uh, that's it. And uh, all right, we've arrived. Took two episodes. We're at number eight. Four number for today. Eight, you know, Last but, but certainly not least. You what do you say, have? You going to say it or am I going to say no, it? No, you, you, I, I know what you're going to say this okay. time, and I love it. It's hard. <laughs> yes, it is. It is hard. Leading is hard. You know, when when you're before you get into a leadership position, you look there and there's a luster, there's a sheen, there's a boy, I wish I was there. And what you don't see is all of the sweat and tears that goes along with that. It is just hard, which is why we started with take find a place to unplug, Mm -hmm. find a place to recharge because your emotional tank is going to be depleted. The nature of the work, if it was easy, anyone could do it. it. Anyone could do it. But leaders are in a position of doing that. And there's an acknowledgement. There's there's not a leader out there who has not been second-guessed, who has not been wrongly accused, who has not been maligned, Mm-hmm. Who who has not been betrayed, who has not been had their efforts sabotaged in some way, and you have to be bigger than the people who are trying to pick at the foundation yeah. of what you're doing. It but it's hard. It's it's it reminds me of the quote Tom Hanks in A League of Their Own, a movie from several years ago, who said what you said. Hard. It's supposed to be. He's speaking of baseball. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be hard. It's the hard that makes it great. And if, if you're, again, you may be in a, a, an administrative, a supervisory leadership position, but same thing is true. Teaching. Teaching is hard. It's never been harder than it is right now, going from whether you, we've been teaching virtually and now we're behind masks and kids can't go in the groups the way that you, I mean, it's hard. And the behavioral and the emotional challenges that we're dealing with in terms of the students with that we serve, it's hard, which again goes back to number one. You've got it. You have to take a break. Yeah. You have to pull back sometimes. Yeah, and, and you know, you, and you talk about the pandemic and, and in, in my organization, um, we made a determination two years ago, next month, the 13th of March, to do certain things. And, and um, I looked, I'm not, a, I, I'm not a Marine, I was not a Marine, um, but they have, they have a couple of really great mottos, uh, improvise, adapt, and overcome. And, and especially in education, because education has got the, the, the spotlight and the magnifying glass on it, which takes us back to our last thing of, there's gonna be accusations of, you know, I wouldn't do it that way, well, once you come in here and try, yeah. Ne- never has teachers, never have teachers improvised, adapted, and over. Never have they exemplified that better than they, they, they have. They've on. not been in the position where they've had to. And and any leader, if you're yeah. an entrepreneur and you've got a company and you're leading that company and something happens, yeah, a boycott, a, a supply chain issue. 
You know, the the thing that I most admire out of out of the pandemic was sorry, I'm not gonna say education, the restaurateurs. Oh yeah. They were superstars because they went from, from seating people at tables to to in the parking if, lot. If we're going to keep going, we gotta put chairs out, we've gotta get menus to go. They improvised. Then they started to adapt, and those that did are still here. Mm-hmm. And and that's really the goal of a the goal of a leader is to get to whatever their life goal, career goal, project goal is. And so there's going to need there's going to be times when they must overcome in that. Um, and it's those are those are times when you have to you have to make a decision in a situation that has no precedent. Yeah. But look at Using the restaurant example, they had to pivot or they wouldn't have survived. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and unfortunately, many restaurants didn't survive. Mm-hmm. The, the small mom and pop places, sometimes they couldn't survive. But yeah, from setting up seating in the parking lot to the, the, the apps and the takeout and the Uber and the DoorDash and all that kind of stuff. And now that we're coming out of it, those things are still there. And now people are, oh my gosh. I can utilize DoorDash. I can utilize these types of things. Same thing with education. Teachers, administrators, instructional aides, we were forced to do something we never would have even dreamed of having to do. None of us want to go through it again. But coming out on the other side, look at the skill set. Look at the new things that we adapted, we improvised. Oh my gosh, did we improvise? Did we adapt? And we overcame, and now that we're back in an in-person environment, we're face-to-face with our kids, but our teachers are still able to use the things that they learned in a better, and just to make themselves better. And so now you've got all of these lessons that have been learned, and the wise leader is, is going to take those lessons and put them in the toolkit and employ them when they need to be employed at the right time. At the right time. You know, uh, it's uh, because there are, there are things that uh, that are there that make us all better. So, that, I mean, that's, that's critical. It's being a leader is not what people think it is. I, I will tell you this, it, you know, we are sitting here in my home office and I'm sitting in front of my computer screen in my home office uh, and I've I've sat in front of this computer or another one like it for a very long time, um, and just last week, when I went at at, at the end of my workday, which is in this room, mm-hmm. um, and I went and sat in the chair in the other room where I can unplug. I don't need to be thinking about things like this. Now I'm recharging. Mm-hmm. And that means the next time you're I, ready. Uh, the next time I come and sit in this chair and put my hands on the keyboard and I'm ready to to write, I feel better about myself. I'm more productive, and and leaders need to, you know. I guess maybe we could we could wrap it up that that uh, leaders need to take care of themselves. Yeah. Because if they don't take care of themselves, they're not going to be any Moment. worth for the people who are looking to them for leadership. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, Dad, 
Thank you. You're welcome. That that is uh I always enjoy I've always I've said before, like we should be recording these conversations. So now we've got two in a row that we've recorded and and for everyone listening, um you have gotten to benefit from uh what I have benefited from my entire life. So uh, hopefully you got something out of this again. Uh, if nothing else, just finish on that. Unplug. Don't be afraid to unplug. Turn off those notifications. Delete the app if you have to. Yeah, you can always put it back. That's a nice thing. You can delete for a time and then bring it on back. But as Dad, you just said, we're not good for anybody yeah. if we've got nothing to entertain. And I can tell you, and you know what I'm that what I'm saying is true, that there are people who are hearing your words right now say, I can't do that. And they have to. Yeah. They have to. You can't to. afford not to do that. And and speaking from experience, I looked at a picture. Of the, it's like, I've got a goatee that's gray. It's gray for a reason. <laughs> yes, I'm getting older, but, but you can't afford. I don't have time to take a break. You don't have time not to take a break. Because it's like, you either take time. I'm going to butcher this quote. But it's like, if you don't take time to take care of yourself, yourself's going to it's going to force you to if you don't like take those sick days to take care of yourself this you will get sick and it's going to force you to take time off so well once again everyone thank you for listening dad thank you so much um looking forward to continuing to uh i enjoyed it you know maybe another 100 episodes i'll be oh back boy. <laughs> if we make another 200 uh, another 100 to, to 200 we won't wait we won't wait until 200 to have you back so and uh, you share your writings on doncoley.com. Doncoley.com. And he's got a new podcast. I got a new podcast coming, but they're they're not they're not ready yet. Um, I'm going to try to put a couple of things up there, but uh, it's basically we've been working on the infrastructure, and I'm working on content right now. And I'm excited. Fun. I am excited about that. So we look forward to that. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe. Uh, at your, on your favorite podcatcher, or you can listen directly at my website, mrcoley.com. And until next time, have a good one. <laughs>